And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb and Lion Ministry. I want to thank you for joining us for today's program titled End Time Global Superpowers. So who will be the end time global superpowers as nations and where will the United States of America fit in this prophetic puzzle? So we hope that you can stay tuned for our program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all those tuned in who want to know what you're doing and what the Bible has to say about it. And so we pray, Lord, your word will uh, reveal to us your purposes. And Lord, we may uh, know and find comfort in this difficult time because of your knowledge that you have shared with us and the joy that we have in your victory that we know is coming soon. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you turn into a truth will set you free. Bible prophecy edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, as we're talking about end times global superpowers. For those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us and be part of our program. And of course, again, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's good to have you on. Oh, brother, as always, good to be on sharing the word with you and studying it. And uh, and thank you for all who have tuned in. I pray that this program will be a blessing to you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nathan, from time to time, you and I might take a week or two hiatus, but it's always nice uh, to be back. And it's just amazing how much happens, Nathan, in a few weeks globally. Yeah. Boy, events, uh, end time events are just coming from all different directions. And so quickly, as Jesus said, that they would... The signs of the end times would come with more frequency and more intensity. And brother, that seems to be the case, doesn't it? It sure is. And that's why we always have good news to encourage people uh, and also bring to light what's happening around the world. So, Nathan, for someone who's new to the program and maybe doesn't know what we do as a role and uh, the resources that are available, might you be able to share that with them? Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, Vic and I are both evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that in a number of different ways, and primarily through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired on all the major uh, networks, uh, television, Christian television networks specifically. And then through our website at ChristinProphecy.org, you can find a wealth of articles, uh, e-newsletter you can sign up for, magazines, um, we got short form videos, long form videos, social media, uh, blogs, uh, you name it. We just want to get you excited about the Lord's soon return. So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. Awesome. So much, Nathan Jones. Again, a wonderful world uh, of resources available to you. Now, Nathan, my understanding is that this weekend there was a match going on in two books of the Bible, uh, Genesis through Revelation. My thing is who won the match? <laughs> yes, last weekend on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel, we held our streaming conference, uh, what's called Epic Battles of the Bible, Genesis versus Revelation. And um, so what we did is uh, Tim Moore, who's our senior evangelist, and myself took on Revelation, and Eric Hoven and Dr. Joe Martin took Genesis. And what we did is we kind of pit Genesis against Revelation, and all in fun, of course. Uh, the Many people see these two books as when they spiritualize their interpretation to be meaningless. And so we wanted to show that a literal interpretation uh, gives it meaning. You can understand what God's trying to say. And the books actually harmonize. They're not at war with each other. So if you've missed that conference, just go to our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. It's uh, Epic Battles of the Bible, 
We have four sessions. Uh, I cover a little uh, thousand-year kingdom. Uh, Tim covers a literal rapture. Eric Hoven covers a literal flood. And uh, Dr. Martin covers a literal creation. So each of those topics were there, and you can find those. And also, we ended with the Q&A, where we cover a lot of the big questions that, that skeptics kind of throw at us concerning whether we can take Genesis and Revelation literally. So who won? Well, hopefully everybody won because we all grew in our knowledge of the Lord. Uh, my wife would say that the Genesis crew probably gave better presentations. And I say they probably did because they got to talk about fun stuff like dinosaurs and science <laughs> and uh, show lots of pictures and things. Whereas Tim and I being Revelation, we have no pictures of the future yet or anything. So we, we, we stuck primarily to the Bible, which, of course, Revelation is an exciting book. So uh, I would like to think that we were tied, but my wife believes that the Genesis crew gave a better presentation. <laughs> well, I was able to catch uh, quite a bit of it, and that's why I want to encourage individuals. Man, you don't want to miss this. It was a lot of fun, very educational. And Nathan, you're right. I think everybody did a fantastic job, but it was just neat the way that you guys picked out that uh, epic battle. And it was very, very uh, engaging. And that's why we love this ministry here. Uh, we're part of it because there's just a lot of wonderful things to help people grow. Right. And, you know, you didn't answer it yourself. Uh, I'll put you on the hot seat. Who do you think won, Genesis or Revelation? Oh, well, you know what? Actually, uh, because we're all friends, I'm going to say it was a tie uh, because I don't want to get you mad. and get. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you the politician? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I don't want to be pinned in the middle, Nathan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where's your loyalty to this ministry? <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was all good. It was all good. And uh, talking about that, you know what? I guess I'm going to have to lean a little bit to the Revelation side because you and I are actually going to talk about that in today's program. Uh, lately, there's a lot of talk in the news. We see Russia popping up in the news. We see China popping up in the news. We see the United States of America. And people are wondering, man, where does America fit in Bible prophecy? What uh, is the future for our country? Will we always continue to be a superpower? And what does the Bible have to say about that? And I know you and I have talked about this, Nathan, uh, in the few in the past, in our past programs. But now, again, we find ourselves in a different situation. We just see Bible prophecy being fulfilled even quicker all the time. And we just want to give people an update, really, what's going on in the news today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously... Uh, predominating the news is Russia's buildup of troops along the Ukrainian border with threats of uh, invading the Ukraine. Uh, then you have, um, the, of course, Europe. Uh, the chancellor in Germany met with Joe Biden, our president, to talk about what they could do. So Biden turned around and threatened to kill the pipeline that uh, fuels the Russian economy and bringing oil and gas into Germany. Of course, if Biden knows anything, and he knows how to shut down pipelines. So that might be the only weapon in his arsenal. But uh, well, people are concerned that something like this could really start World War III. Uh, will it? Well, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I kind of doubt it. But uh, we know that Putin long has had ambitions to put the Soviet Union back together again, though I doubt under communism, just under his leadership. He is, for a while there, was the richest man in the world and probably one of the most powerful men in the world. But he doesn't play by the globalist playbook. So most of the globalist world wants Putin out of the way. So it'll be curious to see how far he goes. Of course, he's uh, 
threatening Belarus and Moldova and maybe even as far as Romania as well. Economists say that Putin doesn't have the economy to not only invade a country, but then maintain its occupancy. Uh, he's more talk than actual show because of his limited resources. So we'll see. We do know that Russia plays a role in end-time Bible prophecy, but the end-time Bible prophecy really doesn't talk about him conquering Europe. The, Europe, the Antichrist rises out of Europe, not out of Russia. So we do know that the European Union survives this and uh, grows to become a world power at some point. I love that, Nathan. Thank you so much. And that's exactly what we're going to be looking at as we look at Revelation and then we jump into the book of Daniel, speaking, of course, prophetically about uh, jumping into the far future, if you will, regarding what we see is going to be lining up. And the Bible in Revelation actually talks about these nations and these kings and kingdom and depicts them in a way that sometimes people get a little confused. And that's why we're going to hopefully clarify some things. So, Nathan, would you be able to jump with me to Revelation chapter 17? And um, I'll pick up verses six through nine. And if you can pick up uh, verses nine through 12, uh, that will be fantastic. Sure, nine through 12, okay. Yes, yeah, so we find in Revelation uh, 17, six, it says, and I saw the woman drunk with blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyr of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? Well, I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the, beast that carries her which has seven heads and ten horns the beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and then we notice it says there in verse eight and those who dwell on the earth will marvel those names are not written in the book of life from the foundations of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is here's the mind which is wisdom the seven heads or seven mountains on which the woman sits there are also seven kings Five have fallen, one is, and the other has yet to come. When he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. Oh, Nathan, so someone who's uh, maybe new to the book of Revelation or Bible prophecy and notices these pictures, this woman riding a beast and these horns and these things, they're probably a little bit confused saying, what in the world am I looking at here? Can we clarify for them what the Bible is saying? <laughs> okay, well, first, let's, let's not talk about Mystery Babylon just yet. The woman, let's talk about the beast. Well, the beast is a prophecy concerning the Antichrist who's under the control of Satan himself. He once was, now is not, and yet will come. Now, this reference in both Revelation 17, 8 and 11 tell us about the various kingdoms in history that Satan's ruled. So, for instance, verse 10 says they're represented by seven hills or kings and five have fallen. So that would be Assyria, uh, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, and Greece. Now, remember, at the time that Revelation was written, uh, John was living in the Roman Empire. So the sixth one is Rome or the Roman Empire. The seventh empire is going to be a reformed Roman Empire. Uh, Daniel 2 tells us that the Roman Empire really never ended. It just kind of broke up into what is today now the revived Roman Empire, the European Union. So out of that, which is the sixth, uh, excuse me, seventh and the eighth kingdom will come, which is still future. Now, the seventh kingdom, I don't think the European Union is what it is yet to be. It will grow in strength and power, but the Antichrist kingdom will come out of that. And that's the eighth kingdom, which this prophecy foretells. 
And Nathan, I love that because this is why we want to encourage individuals, those of you that are tuned in now, also get your Bibles and, and, and so hopefully you can follow along with us as we are going to be going to the book of Daniel as well. And, and that's why I thank you, Nathan, for clarifying that sometimes people read horns and heads and they get very confused. But the Bible actually tells you what they are. It's talking about kings and kingdoms, superpowers that are going to arise and they're going to come together. And much of this is going to happen really in the end times, in the time of the tribulation. So for so we are seeing, Nathan, right, the formation of a lot of this, a lot of this now, but it's not yet altogether. Correct. Correct. Of these uh, heads, what we're seeing is uh, seven. And the seventh head is the uh, basically the Roman Empire. And even Daniel 9 foretells that the Antichrist will rise out of the people who destroyed the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD, which was the Roman legions. Even the, the legions, the four that attacked, were primarily from the Italian area, what we would call the Italian area today. So uh, that's what we're talking about. And then the Antichrist rises out of that, and it's an eighth kingdom. Now, then we have these horns, which are ten kings, that haven't received a kingdom yet. So once the Antichrist kingdom rises, it rises with another end time collection, I guess you'd say, or rulership of these 10 kings. Now, whether they're 10 kings or 10 nations out of the European Union or 10 nat like multinational leaders, it's interesting that the United Nations, all the way even back from the 50s, have the world carved up into 10 regions. Like, for instance, North America consists of of Canada, the United States, and Mexico. So it's already foreseen that, that North America would be a region. So maybe one of these 10 kings will rule over a North American Union. Uh, and then you have another one over an African Union, another one over an uh, Asian Union, you know, different countries like that. So we don't know if it's 10 connected to Rome, uh, excuse me, uh, the European Union, or it's 10 worldwide. I tend to think it's 10 worldwide because the scope of revelation is a global empire that the antichrist will build and you know one man can't rule an entire planet he's going to need uh, kings underneath him to to do that it's kind of similar if you ever watch other star wars movies you know and the emperor he took over the senate but he couldn't abolish the senate because he himself couldn't run all those planets eventually he replaced the senate with the moths which were military dictators that would help manage the rulership for him and I think that's what we're, we're seeing here. So what we've got actually is the a story of the beast, which is the Antichrist. And then we've got another player here, the Ten Kings, who are uh, give him power and, and put him up to rule. And then the third character here is the mystery Babylon woman who's drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrdom of Jesus. Who, uh, why don't you tell us, Vic, who she is? Well, Nathan, I believe here we're talking about the uh, false religions of this world. We're going to have all these coming together. I mean, we see so many false religions today, Nathan. We have uh, Catholic and Muslims and we have uh, just so many others out there. And I believe it's going to be this false religion system uh, that the Antichrist, the beast, is going to be riding on. Of course, I know there's different views out there, but we see that Babylon has always been a mixture of uh, confusion. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, of, of the there's four main areas where people will point to uh, the United States possibly being in prophecy. And one of them is here in Revelation 18, this mystery Babylon or Babylon the Great. Uh, they say, well, look at this. It's an empire. Uh, it's made the nation drunk on her fornications. The merchants of the earth got rich from her. 
and then God destroys this evil empire in one hour. And so people say, well, look, the United States is powerful and wealthy and the moral polluters of the world. So, hey, therefore, the Babylon must be the United States or at least New York City or Hollywood. But again, the context is a new global government where all the nations of the world are members. And so America, if it even still exists or in that future time, would only be a member state and never have reached the status of a global empire. So I don't think you can find America here in Babylon the Great or Mystery Babylon. Exactly. Excellent point, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuning to A Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about end-time global superpowers. And then the question, where is America in Bible prophecy? Nathan, I just love the way that you clarify these things because uh, these, these nations, these kingdoms that have some have risen, some have fallen, some will arise even in the further future in the time of the tribulation. All this was actually predicted by the prophet Daniel hundreds, I mean, even 2,000 years before with this uh, dream that Nebuchadnezzar had and nobody could interpret it. And then God gave Daniel wisdom to be able to interpret dreams. And uh, again, uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw this image and he didn't know what it was. And we, we can really take the guesswork out of a lot of what you and I are talking so that people are not confused and they're wondering, where did Vic and Nathan get these ideas that these are nations, these horns and this beast? Well, if we go back to Daniel chapter two, this is actually predicted way before that in Daniel chapter two and Daniel chapter seven. So we can even look back at history and see these kingdoms, people that really follow those of you that are history buffs. You can find a lot of this in your actual, in your history books. And if you want to follow along with us in your Bibles, go with us to Daniel chapter two, as we read this vision and also its interpretation uh, by Daniel the prophet. Would you go there, Nathan, with me to Daniel uh, chapter two, so we can help clarify this for anyone that's maybe not familiar with these passages. Uh, Daniel chapter two, if we look at uh, beginning of verse 31 through 45, what I'll do, Nathan, if it's okay, I'll, I'll pick up uh, verses 31 uh, through 40. And then if you could uh, bring us home with verses 41 through 45, uh, that will be fantastic. So we can help clarify this for some people. Sure, I'd be happy to. And just to clarify, uh, if people want to know what the context of this is, uh, Daniel was given this prophecy in the 6th century BC or the 500s. So we're talking about a prophecy about the final forms of the kingdoms of this earth given almost 2,500 years ago. That, that's pretty wow. impressive, isn't it? Nathan, and that's what's amazing about the Bible and its accuracy. Here we are uh, uh, 2,000 years later, and I mean, this is actually something that is mind-boggling because we can actually read history and see how all these things came about, again, to give validity to the Bible, that the Bible is true, is reliable, and people can depend on it. So that's why Daniel 2, verse 31, Daniel, again, interpreting this dream, says, You, O king, were watching. Behold, a great image, the great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was fine gold, and its chest and arms were silver, its belly and thigh bronze, verse 33, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched. Why a stone was cut without hands, which struck the image of the on its feet of, of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then the iron 
and the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor, and the wind carried them away, so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became great mountain and filled the whole earth. Verse 36. This is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. And verse 37, he says, You, O king, are the king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And what wherever the children of men dwell or beasts in the field and the birds of the heaven, he was given them into your hands and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold, but after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another and a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. Verse 40, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, insomuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. And as you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Insomuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Nathan, I know that was a lot, but again, here, I just thought, because it says what will come to pass after. We're talking about future events, and uh, we can see so much of history really uh, uh, nestled in this chapter. Yeah, because it's it's a mixture of, of history, which is to us, but it was future to Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, and what is even future to us, for instance, uh, the head of gold, which Dan the wonderful thing about this prophecy is Daniel explains what it is, and he says uh, the head of the statue of this man looking like statue is is Nebuchadnezzar himself. It's the Babylonian Empire. Nebuchadnezzar was considered by God the most powerful ruler of the world in that time period, uh, but his empire would not last. It'd be replaced by the arms and chest of silver. Now, it's interesting that Silver was uh, a very largely traded in the Greek Empire. Excuse me, the Medo-Persian Empire. Let me get that right here. The Medo-Persian Empire was the next one. Two arms, uh, Medes and the Persians. And they took over Babylon and they replaced it. That kingdom was then conquered and replaced by Alexander the Great, which made the Greek Empire. And a lot of stuff was made with bronze and brass at that time period. That would be replaced by the legs of iron, which we know became the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire had two sides to it, an eastern and a western side. But it's interesting that the Bible says that the Roman Empire, even though we think the Roman Empire went away, it, it just kind of devolved into a very brittle, has some strength, but have some weakness form, which we see today with Europe as the nations that formed it still exist, but are pretty fractured and broken up. And out of that empire, that's the final form of the world empire, is going to come out of Europe. 
And Nathan, I love that. And, and all that, again, as we look at the Bible and as we read the book of Daniel, I just love the way that Daniel breaks it down and makes it even clearer for us in the following chapters. Because, again, we're talking about superpowers, kingdoms, kings, those that ruled at certain time periods, and then some that will be ruling in the future. And we share this with you because we want and encourage you to read the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation together. If you're able to do that, you will be able to grasp clearly a lot of these prophecies and also their meaning. And Nathan, I don't know about you, but I remember the first time I read the book of Revelation, I was very uh, confused. And I was the first thing was just the images. What in the world am I looking at? What is this talking about? But then I started to read the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. And the more that I read those two together, Nathan, the more that... I saw these things making sense. I'm not sure if that happened to you as well. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, Vic and I went on to write a whole book about the book of Revelation called The Mighty Angels of Revelation because we were so excited about it. Uh, folks can uh, see that book on Amazon or ChristinProphecy.org uh, or read the blog series on our Christ in Prophecy Journal blog. That's uh, we, we blog through it as well. And on our podcast, uh, if you want a teaching uh, chapter by chapter through Revelation, Vic and I did that as well years ago. But uh, it's an, uh, there's one more player to that interpretation that we need to remember is that that the statue was destroyed by a mountain, a stone that flew out of heaven. It wasn't cut by human hands and it it destroyed that statue, blew it away and it was replaced by a mountain that filled the earth. And that kingdom would last forever. Well, it's talking about the Davidic kingdom, the messianic kingdom that Jesus Christ will return in his second coming, destroy failed human government and set up his own kingdom on this earth that will last first a thousand years and then on into eternity. So, uh, brother, that's the exciting part. Failed, flawed, evil, fallen human government will finally be destroyed, and the kingdom of Christ will be set up and rule on this earth. And it, that's a prophecy of great hope for us who are laboring under failed governments. And I will say hallelujah to that, Nathan, because that's exactly why we get so excited about the future, because we know how this all ends and we are on the right side. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we will all, always encourage people to remember that because we have nothing to fear. Yes, there are fearful sights and fearful things that are happening during our time. But the reality is we know who's going to rule and reign over this earth and we're going to be right there with him. And that's why these prophecies are so important, because when we see, again, the news about Russia and China and uh, these possible World War Three, again, the Bible tells us how all this is going to happen, who the players will be. And we just really just need to be uh, informed so that we are not confused with the uh, w with all of the um, fear out there and. Uh, and as Americans, we also need to recognize that we have to we have to pray for our country. We have to pray for our leaders because we really look at the direction of this country. And uh, Nathan, I agree with you. I, I don't I don't see us uh, in the future as a superpower, if you will. I see more of power shifting over to the European nations. You're right. Uh, the Bible has a number of different prophecies that happen before we see the Antichrist kingdom. Uh, one is the Gog and Magog War, where Russia leads in a, a series of Islamic countries like Iran, and Turkey, all those stand nations, Libya, to try to destroy Israel and plunder, likely for her gas deposits. And uh, God steps in and destroys these nations. So it removes 
the Islamic power in the Middle East. It removes Russia as a world player. I do believe that because God so supernaturally steps into history, that must mean that uh, the church age is passed and we're moving on into the tribulation era. Well, if that's the case, then the rapture happened before the tribulation, which would pretty much put both America and China in free fall because there are so many Christians in both those countries. We don't think about it in China, but China is a huge underground church that's persecuted. And so we could see then that America and China, who are both always close to bankruptcy, sadly. I mean, China's real estate market is collapsing as we speak. And America has just passed the 30 trillion debt limit and keeps going. So, you know, bankruptcy is inevitable. And I think those two things will probably happen at the same time. And so what you're seeing then is that by the time that God is done protecting Israel, the Gog and Magog war, you don't have Russia or the Islamic world as a power. You don't have China or the United States as a power. What do you have left? You have the European Union rising out of the ashes and becoming a world dominant power. I also believe you have Israel, which will grow in strength and power as well. And the Antichrist makes a peace covenant with Israel, likely to protect himself while he goes and conquers the rest of the world. And so those are the two superpowers that will emerge out of all this prophesied chaos. Nathan, and again, what a wonderful uh, uh, picture we see here in the Bible and also how this is going to happen. And again, for those of you that are maybe not too familiar with the, with the Bible prophecy, we're trying to make it uh, in a way where you can simply read the Bible and, and understand it for yourself. It's not super complicated as some will want to make it to be, but we do want to be diligent. We want to be good students of the word of God, and we want you to be well-informed. And again, I love, Nathan, the way that you just brought this together. Tw over 2,500 years of history, we are bringing it together and also lining it up with what's happening today. I I'm, I'm pretty amazed, Nathan, in the past, what, maybe 75, less than 100 years, how we saw all these nations that at one point were nothing now all of a sudden riding, rising up to prominence to what they are today. Absolutely. I mean, the signs are pointing to the fact that, that Jesus Christ is coming soon. The world politics are one of the many signs that the Lord gives us. He gives us an end time configuration. Uh, a lot of it's symbolism, but at the same time, he interprets the symbolism and tells us what it is. And so we know who the players are, what's going to happen and what the outcome is going to be. And so to answer our initial question, if folks want to know what's, where's the United States in Bible prophecy, we eventually get consumed by the Antichrist one world government. Maybe 10 years ago, we'd say that's nuts. But nowadays, with all the globalism and we're seeing the elites in the world take over everything, you know, and even society, the youth in society want a, a socialism. They want us one world government. They're globalists. They've been taught globalism in the schools and universities for a decade now. And we're seeing that trend. So eventually the United States will lose its sovereign status and become a member of the Antichrist one world government. And we know that China will be weakened and also become a member, but she'll rebel at the end, the very end of the seven year tribulation and lead an army across the Euphrates in an attempt to um, rebel against the Antichrist. And that's where we get the Battle of Armageddon. So that's end time prophecy in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. And again, those of you that are part of the program, our encouragement is this is the perfect time for you to consider a relationship with the Lord if you don't already have one. Again, we're seeing some exciting things happen right before our eyes, but we also believe the time is short. 
We believe the rapture can happen at any moment and we want you to be ready. And part of what Nathan and I often do is give you information so that you can see how close we are to the returning of the Lord and how all these prophecies really uh, are coming together. So we want to encourage you that are out there. Uh, again, you're not tuned into this program by coincidence, but by divine appointment. The Lord had you be part of this program because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And we want to encourage you to open your heart to Jesus while there's still time uh, and come to him. And we want to do that just now. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we're going to share with you really how you can start that right now from wherever you are. So Nathan, can you speak to that person maybe who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord right now, but they are open uh, to it, how they can begin that relationship even right now from wherever they are? Well, certainly. Let's go to John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. And that's what the Bible is saying right there, that God loves you so much that he knows that you're destined to hell because of your sins and rebellion against him. But he sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. And in repentance and faith, when you put your trust in him and you will be saved. So if you do believe that Jesus is your Savior and you're ready for salvation, uh, please don't hold off. You never know when you're going to die. So pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need your salvation. Please forgive me and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And he'll do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be washed away and you'll inherit eternal life with him forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones, for sharing that wonderful gift of salvation. Hey, if that's you and you earnestly pray to receive Jesus wherever you are, why don't you let us know? Give us a call or text us at 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice with you and send you some Bible information so that you can continue to grow in your knowledge with the Lord. And if you have a local church in the area where you can be part of. Let the pastor know that you accepted the Lord and that you want to be baptized. And then begin to serve the Lord wherever you are so that when the Lord returns, we are busy about his business. And that's what we offer us hope, right, Nathan? To bring more individuals to the kingdom of the Lord. Right, because Jesus promised that he wouldn't return until every person who is saved in this era, in the church age, comes to know Jesus as their Savior. As soon as that last person is saved... God says, son, go get your bride, and Jesus comes and takes us to heaven. I love that. And would it be awesome, Nathan, if that happened during our program? No. <laughs> I am ready. I'm ready. We'll meet each other in heaven. But again, exciting time. So, Nathan, thank you so much for bringing clarification to the scriptures, as you often do, and really tying these hard passages together for us. Yeah. Amen, brother. Thank you for... Uh, everything you do. You, you just got such a good heart for the Lord. God bless. Praise the Lord. And again, we hope that you have been encouraged uh, by today's message. And again, reach out to us if you are in need of prayer. If you have any questions, 305-992-9537. We would love to continue to encourage you. But we want to encourage you this week. Uh, stay focused, stay ready, and find ways to serve the Lord. He's coming back very, very soon. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. <laughs>